A few weeks ago, I mentioned at the beginning of my sermon a question that was recently on Jeopardy. Maybe some of you remember that reference. The question that was asked that I mentioned a few weeks ago is this one. Matthew 6, 9 says, Our Father which art in heaven, blank be thy name. And if you remember, I told you that of the three contestants that were there, none of them answered the question. It wasn't that one or more of them attempted to answer the question, but nobody attempted to answer the question. They did not know the answer, and of course the answer is... Well, you're going to think I'm a Jeopardy junkie and that all I do is watch the show, which really isn't true. But I did happen to see an episode of Jeopardy this past week. And again, there was another question that caught my attention. The question that was asked was, the book of the Bible that gives us the line, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And the answer is, and specifically, Psalm 23. Now, I don't know about you, but I kind of think Psalm 23 is pretty well known. And yet, none of the contestants answered the question. It's not that they attempted some answers that were wrong. No one knew the answer. I suppose that in the grand scheme of things, maybe this really isn't all that significant. But also, I would say that the more people are unfamiliar with God's Word, then it's easy to miss, ultimately, the main message God wants us to receive from His Word. These Jeopardy questions don't really have anything to do with today's message. But I couldn't help but make reference to the one I saw this week because of the one I saw a few weeks ago. Nevertheless, speaking of Psalm 23, we know that in Psalm 23, it begins with, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Green pastures. I suspect that for all of us, there have probably been times in our life where we have been looking for greener pastures. There's probably been times where we have thought anything looks better than where I am right now. Maybe there's been times in life where you have played the game, if only. If only I could change this or that in my life. If only my spouse was more like fill in the blank. If only our kids would do more fill in the blank. If only we had more money, if only I was younger again, if only I didn't have so many aches and pains, if only I could do this or that over in life, if only. It's actually another way of saying the grass looks greener over here. For the situation that the Apostle Paul is addressing in 1 Corinthians 7 is somewhat in response to the people feeling, if only things were different. 
And with that kind of thinking in life, we tend to miss the main point of what God wants us to hear in his word. Let me set the stage a little bit for what is taking place in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Perhaps the first thing to know is that this was a time, at this particular time, Corinth was a community that was pretty worldly and highly immoral. Although the Apostle Paul had been there to try to begin the establishment of a Christian community, his letters that he wrote were an attempt for, to address some of the problems that people were dealing with in trying to transfer, translate their old life to that of following Jesus Christ. And perhaps more than anything else, Paul was concerned that they truly didn't grasp God's call on their life. So there's three words, there are three concepts that I think Paul is trying to address in these words to the Corinthians. And the first one is what I'm calling on your outline, assignments. Paul says in verse 17 of 1 Corinthians 7, Each person should live as a believer in whatever situation the Lord has assigned to them, just as God called them. Now, I'm using the word assignment here because that's the word that's used in this translation, but but maybe a better word to use here would be situation or circumstance or maybe even vocation. In other words, Paul is addressing people's situations or circumstances where they were in when they were called to faith in Jesus. If you look at the entirety of chapter 7, he talks about how some people were married, some were single, some were circumcised, some were uncircumcised, some were slaves, some were free, some were Gentiles, some were Jews. In other words, people were from all kinds of situations or circumstances or vocations, or assignments in life when they were called to follow Jesus. But none of that, none of that is really all that important, he says. Instead, he says, stay in whatever situation you were called in as long as, as long as it isn't contrary to what God commands, And as long as it doesn't get in the way of you following the call God has given to you to follow Jesus. Your situation, your circumstance, your vocation in life isn't what's significant here. Following God's call to be a follower of Jesus Christ, that's what's significant. Then Paul goes on to say in verse 21, Were you a slave when you were called? Don't let it trouble you. Although if you can gain your freedom, do so. In other words, Paul is saying here, stay in whatever situation or circumstance that you were in when you were called. However, if making a change helps you to live out the call that God has given to you in life, well then take the opportunity to make that change. One of the examples Paul gives to us here is that of being a slave. It's important to recognize that the word slave that's used in this reading has a very different meaning than we think of in terms of slavery 
that existed in our country up until the Civil War. In Paul's day, it was not uncommon for a person to choose to become a slave. Some translations actually worded as a servant. They would choose to be a servant in order to pay off a debt, and they would stay in that circumstance until their debt was paid off. It kind of reminds me of something that we read in Exodus chapter 21, where a servant worked under obligation for six years, but then on the seventh year was free. But if the person liked who they were working for, and if the person they were working for treated them well, they could choose to become a willing servant, or it was also called a bond servant. And if that was what they chose to do, they would go to the judge who would drill a hole in the lobe of their ear, read it in Exodus 21, and the hole in the lobe of their ear was a sign, a symbol, that they were a willing servant, not under obligation. You see, doing that meant that they chose to take an opportunity to make a change in their situation in life. And you and I know that sometimes we find ourselves enslaved by certain behaviors or practices or actions that can get in the way of us following God's call to follow him. And when that happens, we want to take the opportunity to make a change in life. Maybe as a follower of Jesus Christ, if you work in a situation that's not ethical, it's not a moral environment, then maybe you want to seek an opportunity to make a change in that work. Or maybe as a high school or college student, you realize that there's certain people in your life or certain things that you do in your life that don't line up with the faith that you want to live, then you seek an opportunity to make a change in order to help you live out your life of faith. Paul is encouraging people to stay in whatever situation or circumstance you are in when you are called to follow Jesus, unless there's an opportunity to make a change that helps you live out your life of faith. Because what Paul wants us really to grasp here is the importance of our calling. And you'll notice that on the outline in front of you or the screen in front of you, Paul uses the word call or called or calling no less than eight times. For the Corinthians who were new to the faith, for every one of us, there is nothing more significant than God's call on your life. God calls you to follow him. God calls you to believe in him. God calls you to have faith in him. God calls you to live your life for him. Maybe some of you remember the words that we learned in our catechism years ago. Remember these words? I cannot believe by my own reason, I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in God or come to him, but the Holy Spirit has 
called me by the gospel. To be called by the gospel is to receive God's forgiveness in your life. To be called by the gospel is to know that what Jesus did on a cross and an empty tomb, he did for you. To be called by the gospel is God saying that there's nothing that could change his love for you. In this section that we are reading from 1 Corinthians 7, the Apostle Paul is saying there is nothing more significant than God's call for you to follow him. When my two sons were younger, there was many times throughout their life that I would ask them the question that I'm sure many of our parents ask us, or that as a parent you have asked your child, what do you want to do when you grow up? Ever been asked that question? Ever ask your child that question? What do you want to do when you grow up. And what we really mean by that is, what kind of work do you want to do? What kind of vocation do you want to have? What do you want to do with your life so that you're not living at home the rest of your life? What do you want to do? You know, I came to realize later in life that I think I was asking the wrong question. You see, it's not so much what we do But what's more important as the people of God is no matter what we do, do you remember who you are? It's not knowing who you are. It's knowing who you are that points us back to God's call in our life. And who you are begins with what who God says you are. God says you are unconditionally loved by him. God says you are forgiven by Jesus. God says that you are on the heart and mind of God as Jesus went to the cross. God says that no matter what struggles you might have in your life, nothing changes that you were called, nothing changes the fact that you were called by God to follow him. No matter what, God is the one who says who you are. Your assignment, your vocation, your situation, your situation, circumstance in life, albeit as important as they may be, isn't what's most significant. God's call on your life that you are loved no matter what is what matters. Because that's who you are. And when you and I come to realize that in life, we probably don't necessarily need to be looking for greener pastures. When you and I come to realize that in life, we don't necessarily have to be always playing this game of regretting what we could have done in life. It wasn't a mistake. It didn't happen by accident. God has called you to follow him. Answering a question correctly on a game show Jeopardy is really not all that important, I suppose. But knowing who you are, called by God, loved by God, forgiven by God, accepted by God, 
Well, that's the message we want everyone to know. Until the Lord comes again. In Jesus' name, amen.